You're listening to the GCSE Science Podcast. 10-minute episodes for students, parents and teachers that covers the full GCSE specification. Welcome to episode 18, Bioenergetics, part 1, Photosynthesis. The overall chemical reaction for photosynthesis is carbon dioxide plus water reacts to give oxygen and glucose, and light is obviously involved as well. It's important that you know the chemical symbols for each of those compounds. So carbon dioxide is CO2, water is H2O, oxygen is O2, and glucose is C6H12O6. Did you know, in addition to these podcasts, we also have online science help videos? Head over to teamscienceedu.co.uk to find out more. Photosynthesis is an endothermic reaction. That obviously means it requires energy input, and it gets that from the sun. The energy in the light is absorbed by the chlorophyll and is used to do all the chemical changes that are needed. Now, the rate of reaction of photosynthesis can be changed. So by altering different factors, we can make photosynthesis happen at a higher rate or at a lower rate. Now, the four things we're going to look at briefly are temperature, light intensity, concentration of CO2, and the amount of chlorophyll. Now, as temperature increases, so does the rate of photosynthesis. This is because photosynthesis is controlled by enzymes at various points, So obviously, the warmer they are, the more kinetic energy they have, the more likely they are to have a successful collision with a substrate. This is true of every chemical reaction. However, if the temperature gets too high, then what will happen to the enzymes is they'll denature, and you'll no longer be able to make enzyme-substrate complexes. So the graph for rate of reaction against temperature, increases up to the optimum temperature and then decreases down to zero with denaturing. Now with light intensity, as light intensity increases, so does the rate of photosynthesis. Obviously light is needed, the energy from the light is what powers this reaction, so the more light you give it, the more energy is available and the faster the reaction can occur. However, there'll come a point when you're reach the maximum amount of photosynthesis. So the line, if you imagine it was increasing at a certain intensity of light, it will plateau. It doesn't matter how much more light energy you give the plant, it would have topped out its photosynthesis. Now the reason for this is because the light at a certain point no longer becomes the limiting step. It's not the like ingredient that's slowing everything down. I always liken it to a car factory. It doesn't matter how many engines the engine department of a factory is churning out every day if the factory is only making four wheels every day. They can only ever release one car. So in this same kind of uh, same idea, as light intensity increases past a certain point, we now must have something else that's the limiting factor. So it could be the temperature, the concentration of CO2, or the chlorophyll that's holding it back. Now, the concentration of CO2 is also a factor that we can change to alter the rate of photosynthesis. As the concentration of CO2 increases, so does the rate of photosynthesis. And this is because carbon dioxide is one of our raw materials that we need for the chemical reaction. So obviously, the more we provide, 
the more of the reaction can happen. But in a similar vein to light, there'll come a point that even when you increase the concentration of CO2 even further, it will make no difference to the rate of photosynthesis. And again, this is because at that point, the CO2 concentration is no longer the limiting factor, but instead it could be temperature, light intensity, or the amount of chlorophyll. Now with the amount of chlorophyll, the chlorophyll is the pigment inside the chloroplasts that is actually absorbing the light. So the more chlorophyll we have, the faster the rate of photosynthesis. And it helps explain why certain plant diseases um, that discolor leaves in particular can stunt the plant's growth. Because if there isn't enough chlorophyll, there's less photosynthesis, there's less glucose available, and therefore less of the structures that require glucose, such as cellulose, less of them can be made and the plant's growth will be stunted. Now, once glucose has been made through the process of photosynthesis, it can be used in many different ways in a plant. It can be used for respiration, which we look at in the next podcast. It can be converted into starch, which is used as a storage molecule within plants. It can be turned into fats or oils, again, for storage within plant tissues. It can be turned into cellulose, which is a key component of the tough and rigid plant cell walls. And it can also be used to produce amino acids, which obviously will go on to form proteins. There is an accompanying set of notes that goes with this podcast. So if you'd like that to read or to print out for your own revision notes and files, then feel free to head over to Team Science Edu, E-D-U, teamscienceedu.co.uk. We'd like to thank you for downloading this GCSE Science podcast. Hopefully it helped you a little bit in the topic we were discussing today. If you have any questions, then please feel free to contact us through Team Science Edu, and we'll try and answer any questions we can in a future podcast.